In the 90s, Alex Trebek was everywhere. On an episode of The X-Files, playing a mysterious character known as the second man in black. You're feeling very sleepy, very relaxed. Guest starring as himself in a dream sequence on The Golden Girls, where Dorothy and Rose were contestants on the show. And now, the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. Thank you, Johnny Gilbert. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another of our special programs coming to you from Florida. You have just met our three contestants. They are all very eager to get underway. The categories are cows, <laughs> babes, chickens, more babes, chicken babes, and finally, baby chickens. Voicing Alan Quebec, host of Super Stumpers on Nickelodeon's Rugrats. Good evening, and welcome to another mind-expanding edition of Super Stumpers. There was the cartoon version of Alex Trebek in a suit with Pocket Square, who prevents Marge Simpson from leaving the Jeopardy studio. Aren't we forgetting something, Marge? You were down $5,200. But Mr. Trebek... I asked you before the game if you knew the rules, and you said you did. Judges? Red Mom! And of course... Alex was part of the iconic storyline in White Men Can't Jump, where Rosie Perez's character, Gloria Clementi, fulfills her lifelong dream of competing on Jeopardy. All right, let's go with the foods that start with the letter Q, please. A game bird related to a partridge. Gloria. What is a quail? Correct. Oh, you get to pick again. Foods that start with the letter Q for 200, please. Answer. A custard pie often made with cheese and bacon. Gloria. What is a quiche? Yes. Okay, foods with Q for 300, please. A large edible clam of the Atlantic coast. Gloria. What is a quahog? Right. Okay, foods with Q for 400. The answer there is the Daily Double. Well, Gloria, you've got $2,100. You're performing beautifully. How much of that are you going to risk on your knowledge of the subject? Foods that start with the letter Q. All of it. According to legend... It was the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. What is a quince? Yes. Quick side note. Foods that start with the letter Q went on to become a real category on Jeopardy in 1997. But the point is, by the early aughts, even if you weren't a Jeopardy fan, you knew who Alex Trebek was. Which, in some ways, seemed counter to what Jeopardy creator Merv Griffin believed about game show hosts in general. You know, Merv, through all the years that I was with him, he was very adamant that the host is not critical on a game show. It's the game that's critical. And he felt very strongly about that. But Lisa Brofman, co-executive producer of Jeopardy, saw something different in Alex, and she told him so. I said, I have to tell you that you have become critical to this show. You are synonymous with Jeopardy. From countless cameos to quintessential quizzing, Alex had catapulted from public figure to icon. And the laundry list of things that were certifiably Trebekian began to cement. So the Alex mustache. He had an incredible sense of humor. He was a stickler. I mean, he would tell us when we were wrong and there were things he knew. And, you know, if it was a 
category about tools or home repair, God help you because <laughs> you probably didn't get it right and he would fine tune it. Alex was very keen on making sure things were pronounced correctly. He was very consistent, but Alex loved to play with the contestants and enjoy that silliness too. I'm your host, Buzzy Cohen, and from Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV, this is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show. This week, a look at some of the unforgettable traits and moments that made Alex uniquely Alex. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. We need to start with the facial hair that launched a thousand tweets, Alex's mustache. It caught eyes when Alex first showed up on the American game show scene, and as former executive producer Harry Friedman recalls, it set him apart from the other hosts. The game show hosts in those days were very smooth, very slick, and they brought in this uh, brand new to us host from Canada, uh, mustachioed, curly-haired Alex Trebek. Alex was equally smooth, just more in a Burt Reynolds, Tom Selleck kind of way. And his mustache quickly became one of his trademarks. Which is why a fateful day in 2001 sent a shockwave through the Jeopardy-verse, beginning with the staff and crew. He came out on stage, and I noticed right away. And it was between the third and the fourth shows of the day. Alex decided to shave off his mustache. Alex's longtime hairstylist, Renee Ferrugia, remembers the moment of reveal as well. And I said, what have you done? Like, I was kind of shocked. Like, he just decided in between shows just to shave it off. And he did. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, what if they had to go back and reshoot something with his mustache? He doesn't have one now. Luckily, they didn't need any reshoots. But when the 18th season of Jeopardy! went live... Fans were losing it. Well, soon there became this outpouring of grief over Alex's mustache. I mean, people were so upset that he had shaved off his mustache. Alex had been rocking the same look for nearly 20 years, and viewers wanted answers. They demanded them. Turns out, as Alex told late-night host Larry King, it was all on a whim. I just walked into the makeup room and I said, give me the hair clippers. And I just went, zoop, took it right off, just to see what it would look like on camera. And then, 13 years later, also on a whim, he grew it back. Thank you, Johnny, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome as Jeopardy! begins its 31st season on the air. Hope you all enjoyed the past six weeks in which we replayed some of our special tournaments from last season. Because I had nothing to do in those six weeks... I regrew this. 
the Stash's 2001 Disappearing Act had caused quite a stir. But the spontaneous comeback stash of 2014? That made headlines. I have breaking news. What? What's going on? Jeopardy host Alex Trebet has grown his mustache back. So last week was the season premiere of Jeopardy. After 13 years, Alex Trebek brought back his mustache. Big news. Everybody's excited about it. There is someone that is making a comeback. Or maybe I should say something. (laughs) Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy, is bringing back his famous mustache. And soon, Alex's facial hair took on a life of its own. I'm pretty sure Alex's mustache had its own Twitter handle. Oh, you mean at Alex's underscore mustache? Yeah, it joined Twitter in July 2014 and posted a whopping 240 tweets, starting with People of Twitter, I mustache you to follow me. And Naked Lips Sink Ships. And Friday is hashtag Furry Lip Friday. And my personal favorite. Alex had soup for lunch. I think he forgot I was here. Hashtag soaked. Hashtag is that a noodle? There was lots of hype, but this time around, Alex's mustache proved much more divisive. Well, by that point, all of his hair had turned gray. So it turned out that a gray mustache just didn't have quite the appeal of a black mustache. And we took... An audience vote. Love it? Hate it? Let us know what you think via Facebook or Twitter, and we'll make a decision in the next few weeks. Ultimately, some votes counted a little more than others. Alex's wife, Jeannie, said, no, shave it. Which he did. Still, the stash saga seemed to reveal something else about Alex entirely. He was full of surprises. We were in the middle of a tournament several years ago, That's legendary Jeopardy! announcer Johnny Gilbert. The contestants were really good, and you could feel the tension in the air from everybody. It was the first of three final games in the 2005 Ultimate Tournament of Champions. Ken Jennings was about to face off against two other Jeopardy! All-Stars, Brad Rutter and Jerome Varid. Before the cameras started rolling, the contestants were just chatting, mostly to calm their nerves, but also to commiserate. Jerome hadn't slept well, Ken and Brad were a little under the weather, and the ultimate tournament of champions was for all the marbles. Here's Jerome. I turned to Brad and said, this isn't comfortable. What do you say we play without our pants on? And Brad said, well, I'll do it if Ken does it. And we turned to Ken and Ken said, well, I'll do it if Alex does it. And we're like, ha, ha, ha. We forgot we were mic'd already, and they could hear us backstage. And someone said to Alex, this is what they just said. said, oh, okay, fine. They laughed at the absurdity of the idea, but didn't think much of it. Johnny Gilbert remembers what happened next. We had a live studio audience. We are telecasting, ultimately, to millions of people. So at the beginning of the show, I introduced Alex, as I always do. And now, here is the host of Jeopardy! Alex Trebek! And he came out, standing on stage, saying hello with no pants on. Thank you, Johnny Gilbert. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our show. I was informed backstage a few minutes ago that our three contestants, Ken, Brad, and Jerome, wanted to relieve some of the tension, and they said we must do the program without trousers. 
He had an incredible sense of humor. So he said, I'm going to break the tension on this show. I'm going to throw everybody totally off guard so everybody's laughing, hopefully. They were. Here's Jerome Verrett again. We all start laughing very hard. It really broke the ice. If you've seen the footage, I mean, he's got these very elegant brochures on and he's got the garters on. I mean, he looks just very elegant. Lisa Brofman again. Today, we might consider broadcasting that. But the players had to sort of regroup, stop laughing, calm down a little bit, get their game face on and start all over again. Suzanne Preddy, executive vice president of game shows at Sony, remembers another time the Jeopardy host defied expectations. We had Gene Simmons from KISS as a guest star reading a category on the show. And Alex was in makeup for four hours. And he walked out in full KISS costuming. We're talking wig, face paint, and body armor. Boy, I hope I got this KISS makeup right. Is there, is there anybody here who can tell me if I got this right? Yeah, you nailed it, don't worry. Oh, thanks, Gene. Yeah, well, now for the heels. Whether it was ad-libbed or planned ahead of time, Alex committed to the bit every single time, even if that meant not showing up at all. Here is the host of Jeopardy, Pat Sajak. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to Jeopardy. On April Fool's Day in 1997, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune audiences were thrown for a loop when they learned their beloved hosts had switched places. From the Sony Studios, it's America's Game, Wheel of Fortune. And now, here is your host, Alex Trebek. Thank you, Charlie O and Johnny Gilbert. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to our special... Thank you. Welcome to our special Tuesday, April 1st edition of Wheel of Fortune. I'll leave you to figure out uh, why I'm here today. Harry Friedman had the inside scoop. To make the switch happen, we had to keep it top secret. And Alex and Pat both readily agreed. They jumped right in. And each of them later confided to me, oh, I've always wanted to do that, you know, because I'm sure it's not as hard as what I do. And they both admitted later, that's hard. That's hard. The April Fool's host swap would go down as one of the most memorable moments in game show history. But more than the hijinks, it was Alex's ability to have fun with the game material and the contestants that felt unique. More on that after the break. The thing about Alex is he could have been pickier and fussier with us and said, no, I don't want to do that. This is Michelle Loud, one of the co-head writers of Jeopardy. But he was so game if we wanted him to read rap lyrics. And those were the kind of clues that went viral. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. A little Drake, 
Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Young money militia, and I am the commissioner. You don't want to start wheezy because the F is for finisher. Some Lil Wayne. I mean, we had him read Panda, 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 Panda. And he knew that he wasn't reading it right. And he knew that that was the fun of it. Let's wrap for a thousand. Panda, 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 Panda. Panda. Lily. <laughs> Who's designer? Designer, yes. And he did not have an ego about, I'm going to sound dumb or people are going to be laughing at me. He was in on it. He knew how funny it was that he was doing something like that. And I think he enjoyed it as much as we did. That's what people, especially in the later years, came to associate with Alex. Part of his charm was that he was okay being the butt of a joke, especially for the sake of a great Jeopardy category. The medical file of Alex Trebek. (laughs) Which included this unforgettable story. Running after a thief down a hotel hallway, I blew out this body part named for the son of a nymph. Nick. What is an Achilles tendon? That's what I blew out. All completely true. And the postscript to the story is, when Alex ran into the hallway, he happened to be in his underwear. So when he came back to set, the entire crew greeted him wearing t-shirts that said, Alex Trebek, Superman, Captain Underpants. He loved it. Never above a good ribbing, Alex brought the same energy to Jeopardy's contestant interviews. But in those, he was often the zinger rather than the zing-e. Laura Sykes Jambon. Hi. French for ham from Rochester. Had a pygmy goat in college. Why? Uh, For the cuteness factor. Well, there are a lot of other things that are cute. How about a little cat? I had a little cat at one time. But the goat ate it. Ate a chunk of her fur. She didn't enjoy that. No. Billy also enjoyed eating a lot of things, like a three-wick candle, an entire bag of Hershey Kisses, and unfortunately, he met his demise by eating a bag of Quickcrete. Wait wait a minute. Was it a 60-pound or an 80-pound bag? Because... Alex, you're being insensitive. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Don't worry, guys. Laura, the pet goat owner, is definitely laughing, too. Still, Alex's humor could have some bite. Sometimes people would be like, oh, he's being so mean. That's former contestant producer Karina Nushu. But it was usually just because he liked to be playful with the contestants. Like this classic moment during a 2004 game with another goat, Ken Jennings. Tool time for 200. This term for a long-handled gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker. Ken. What's a hoe? No. (laughs) Whoa. 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 They teach you that in school in Utah, huh? Al, what's a rake? A rake is right. Or the much-memed moment from a 2018 game when an entire trio of contestants couldn't answer a single question about football. Uh, football 200. Your choice. Do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. It's an option play. Ryan? Uh, football, 400. I can tell you guys are big football fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Uh, do you think we should go to commercial? 
Ryan? Take it on to 600. Okay, by signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. Fair catch. Two clues left, Ryan. 800. These penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. And they are called offsetting penalties. Let's look at the uh, $1,000 clue, just for the fun of it. <laughs> Jimmy? As Minneapolis's U.S. Bank Stadium prepares to host Super Bowl 52, I'm looking at the Ring of Honor with names from this defensive line that took the Vikings to four Super Bowls. If you guys <laughs> ring in and get this one, I will die. <laughs> Alex's deadpan deliveries were parodied to the extreme on SNL's Celebrity Jeopardy sketches. And in last place, Tony Bennett, whose score is so low, it can't be represented by a real number. <laughs> Tom, that is a pen, not a microphone. <laughs> but his playful jabs ultimately came from a place of love. Here's former producer Maggie Speak. We would take questions during tape days, and Alex would answer questions from the audience. And he was often asked what his favorite part of doing Jeopardy was. And he would always say, Favorite part of my job is the 30 minutes I spend on stage with three very bright people. Here's Karina Nushu again. He had a reverence for our contestants. He rooted for them. You could tell, you know, when... Daily doubles would come up and he could feel a contestant rounding a corner on a response. You could see him just kind of like, come on, you got it, it's there. You know, he wanted them to do well. And then, of course, certain contestants tickled him. Like retired Berkeley professor Dan Melia, who became a five-time champion in 1997 and went on to win the Tournament of Champions in 1998. My summer job when I was in college was with the Department of Public Works in addition to digging ditches and, uh, you know, throwing refrigerators onto trucks, one of the things that I did was picking up garbage. And uh, Alex and I got to talking and I found that he had had the same job in Cincinnati. We had the common experience of having been temporary garbage men. It was an unexpected point of connection, but an even bigger surprise came in 2005 when Alex made an appearance at Dan's wedding. The wedding was interesting because Dara and I were talking about getting married in 2004 and five, and Dara didn't want to have a sort of poofy dress. And uh, so we were kind of split between a drive through Elvis Chapel in Reno and the National Cathedral. So at one point she said, well, why don't we get married on Jeopardy? And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. Why not? Why not? So I emailed and said, uh, you know, is this possible? And then about two weeks later, I got a call back from staff people who said, uh, when do you want to do this? And they were just incredibly gracious. And uh, funny thing, Alex was the official witness and signed the marriage certificate. Now that's how you get an autograph. After the break, Alex switches into game mode and gets down to business. As Jeopardy's frontman, Alex could surprise people, he could joke around, 
But another Trebekian idiosyncrasy was how seriously he took the game. Here's Maggie speak. Alex would take the Jeopardy test, and he would say, if I don't pass the test, I'm not going to sign my contract. And he would pass the test, and he would sign his contracts. But he really cared that the material was interesting and that the contestants got it and knew how to play the game. Harry Friedman again. He had probably the most unique skill set I have ever seen in a host, in that he was smart. He had a wonderful, beautiful, easy-to-listen-to voice. And he cared about the quality of the game. And that distinction meant a lot because we needed someone who was more than just a host. We needed someone who could know without looking at the script whether a response was correct or incorrect. As a Jeopardy guest host, I can personally attest to the fact that this is no easy feat. But Alex had a natural affinity for trivia. Co-head writer, Michelle Loud. Alex liked literature. He loved movies, history. So he definitely suggested material pretty regularly. And in fact, Alex suggested a category of fashion logos and drew the logos of the little interlocking C's of Chanel and the little Gucci, the G's. He wanted it to be an all-video category, but the brands were not playing ball with us, so we couldn't do it as Alex envisioned it. But in 2019, they did it as a text-based category instead. Fashion brands for six. Coco Crush is a jewelry collection from this brand. Karen. Well, Chanel. Yes. Fashion for eight. This footwear brand turns up often in hip-hop lyrics. The Notorious B.I.G. and Smith & Wesson call them Tims. Karen. Was Timberlands? Yeah. In 2020, Alex penned another set of clues for the dreaded football category in hopes that, with a slightly different tack, the material might actually play. We had some difficulty <laughs> with the football category, so we thought we would try it again. But in this category, it deals entirely with referees' signals. And I'm going to be giving you three players the signals, okay? Let's do football for 200. All right, offensive teams love to see this sign. It means points. Mark. What is touchdown? Correct. Football 400. An equal opportunity foul. It can be called against the offense or the defense. Paul. What is holding? Right. Football for 600. Just a little pre-snap movement by an offensive lineman causes this five-yard penalty. Mark. What is false start? Correct. Big improvement from the last time football was on the Jeopardy board. And that's how Alex, even when he wasn't writing, often approached the game. In the spirit of making it better. He came in early on tape days and he would read the games and he would make all his diacritical marks of how he wanted to read the clue. And it was really something to see. And um, he was a stickler. I mean, he would tell us when we were wrong and there were things he knew. And, you know, if it was a category about tools or home repair, God help you, because <laughs> you probably didn't get it right and he would fine tune it. Maggie speak again. He would take the material for the games and he would sit down in his office and go through them all with a dictionary and an encyclopedia, do some research. All the information that Alex would give after uh, somebody gave a response to a clue was all of his own information. And he was really, really diligent about knowledge. He was also diligent about pronunciations. Here's former senior researcher Suzanne Stone. 
Alex was very keen on making sure things were pronounced correctly. And of course, he was bilingual. He spoke perfect French, and people would enjoy that too over the years. We certainly did. One pronunciation in particular soared above the rest. A genre category. This genre of art, this genre of novel, this genre of game, this alliterative genre, this fantasy genre, this spooky genre, this popular genre, this six-letter genre, this genre about a low-born scamp, the genre of American local color ballet. Genre, 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 genres. Maybe fans got a little carried away, but... The genre montage, like the cameos, cartoon voiceovers, and Celebrity Jeopardy sketches on SNL were a form of flattery, and Alex knew that. I love them. Ah, it means you've arrived. Which was true, but Alex never made Jeopardy about himself. Here's Harry Friedman again. Alex always said the game was about the material and about the contestants. That was where his focus was. Which was, perhaps the most quintessential thing about him. Next week on This Is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show, it's all about the experience of being a contestant. There was a state of mind that I was in where everything that I passed on the street or saw on an internet ad, everything I was like, oh, do I need to maybe learn this fact? Do I need to dive down into this hole too? This is Jeopardy! The Story of America's Favorite Quiz Show is a production of Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV. It's hosted by me, Buzzy Cohen. And this episode was co-produced by Julia Doyle and Sylvie Lubau. The series producers are Julia Doyle, Sylvie Lubau, Rob Dozier, and Mia Warren. Associate producer is Serena Chow. Our series editor is Sarah Kramer. Executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs, Tom Koenig, Sarah Kramer, Michael Davies, and Suzanne Preddy. Production management help from Susonia Davenport, Tamika Balance-Kolosny, and Ike Egbatola. Our theme song was composed by Hannes Brown. Cedric Wilson is our engineer. Special thanks to Charlie Yetter and Steve Ackerman. And a big, big thank you to the Jeopardy staff and crew for all of their time and help on this. Shout out to Alexa Machia. If you love the show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.